So I want to tell you this, that there are parts of my body that up until yesterday were a complete mystery to me that I've now discovered I have through pain. I'm hurting in places that I didn't know I had, and the reason for that is I've spent uh, some days rotivating my allotment. And, uh, and I want you to know that I can barely move. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really not kidding you. I'm smiling, but I'm sweating. Uh, my point is this. I, I'm, I'm not a farmer or a horticulturalist. I, do, uh, I don't do any physical labor for, for a living. So actually, I'm standing here as an inevitable consequence of my actions. It, this, is, this is the inevitable end to Graham hiring a rotavator and actually using it, is the state that you see now. It, it would be fairly easy to predict. Those of you who know me could have predicted it on my behalf. It, 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 it's not a surprise. Don't worry, I will recover. I haven't done any injury. I'm just really feeling it. And that's how it goes. Now, why would I tell you that? Why would we do the thing with the train track? And, and the answer is this, that God is a judge. And a lot of people mistake what God as a judge is. So what is a judge? Because the Bible tells us God is a judge. So when we have a trial... The judge is there to ensure that everything is conducted according to how it's already prescribed it should be conducted. Is that correct? That lawyers are not allowed to say things that they're not allowed to say. That people are not allowed to manipulate evidence. That people who stand and try to tell lies are held to account, and that the way that business is conducted is fair. Does that make sense? In fact, more than that, in a lot of British trials, it is not the judge who decides whether someone is guilty or not. It's the jury. And the argument would be, it isn't them either. It's the evidence that ultimately conducts it. The point of having a judge there is to ensure that the trial is fair. Does that make sense? This is one of the things we're told about God as a judge. God is a just God. God makes sure that the way that things fall out is fair. Now, I know you're going to say, well, hang on a second. There's an awful lot of tremendously unfair going on right now. And the answer is, that is true. That is true because we are not at the point, the Bible tells us, of judgment. But what the Bible does tell us, and Paul is, puts it nicely in his summary that Linda so beautifully read, thank you, Linda, um, is this, that actually the end can be predicted. The end is not a great mystery. Even if you can't see the end in detail, looking at the way things are going, you can predict the end, if that makes sense. 
And this is an interesting thing for God, because God has, the Bible tells us, predetermined the end from the beginning. He's predetermined the end from the beginning. And it works like this. It's fairly straightforward. Sin means death and destruction. So that's it. That's set. What God will do is ensure that justice is served. Okay, you're saying, hang on, little harsh. Well, God has intervened and decided that instead of death and destruction, another outcome is also available. Life everlasting. Now, life everlasting as an outcome involves no sin. So there has to be a junction at which point sin is no longer entered as evidence. Does that Are you following this? So there has to come a point at which sin is no longer entered as evidence, because in your life and my life, as sin is entered as evidence, we're in big trouble. But God has determined that sin need no longer be entered in evidence. Who chooses whether sin is entered in evidence in your life and in my life? Who decides that? Does God decide that? The answer is no. You decide that. I decide that. I have a choice. But God is a just God. So it works fairly straightforward. This is how it works. The Bible tells us this. Those who are available for salvation, God knows. Who is available for salvation, do you think? Everybody. Who chooses salvation? Some. Those who choose, their outcome is known. The outcome is predestined. It's already there. We choose. And God, who is a fair judge, will ensure that the outcome is fair. If we choose to answer for what we do, then the outcome is going to be clear. If we choose to rely on Jesus, then the outcome is also clear. Follow the track, you can see the outcome, you can see it now. All that God is going to do as a just judge is ensure that that's what happens. However, God is a just judge. Jesus warns this many times, but it happened with the children of Israel as well. We can claim that we are relying on Jesus to have sin removed as evidence, but actually not really. We're actually trying to con God into saying, yes, I am one of those, but God is a just God. And what the Bible says is, if you really mean that, then you will allow Jesus to transform your life and take you on this track. You can't go on the other track disguised heavily, because God is a just God. The evidence will come out 
Read what Jesus says, because it's quite scary. Jesus deals a lot with people who claim to be followers of him who don't. But they claim a lot. Even to the point of performing miracles in his name. That's quite scary, isn't it? God is a just God. People who say they are being transformed by Jesus, but behave in a different way because they are not, the outcome is inevitable. God is a just God. I, I like, as you probably saw from the video, I, I've been enjoying over the last couple of years reading things that Francis Chan writes. Uh, he wrote a group book called Crazy Love. I don't know if you've come across it. In one of these, he gives a very good, very accessible, but also theologically very sound description of why it is that it's God's right to be the judge. God has a right to be the judge. One of the modern things that you hear a lot of the time at the moment is, you can't judge me. Well, I agree with that. I can't judge anybody else. It's not my job. But it is God's job. It is his position. He has determined, we've talked about our human outcomes, but God has determined another outcome. And the outcome is this, that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And it will be exclusively populated by those people who belong to Jesus. And God has reserved for himself the right to determine who spends time in that new heaven and new earth belonging to Jesus. And why shouldn't he? He made the old one. He's making the new one. It's kind of his, really. That seems fair. Does it seem fair to you? Yeah, it's fair. God has the right to judge. We have the right to choose. God has the right to judge. So where's the challenge here? Well, it's very straightforward. God has three criteria. Belong to Jesus completely obey God's law without flaw ever, be utterly and completely true to your conscience if you don't know the law. Now then, seeing as Catherine started this whole percentage game, <laughs> let's, let's carry it on. Percentage chance that someone is utterly indisputably and with complete integrity, true to their conscience from the beginning of their life to the end. Percentage chance? Less than one. So even without the law, people choose condemnation. Okay, the law, which is demanding, let's put it like that. Percentage chance? Zero chance. So if people choose to follow their own way, it says in the book of Judges, everybody did what was right in their own eyes. If people say, it's my life and I'm going to choose, percentage chance that you are actually choosing destruction before God is 100%. If we like to get self-righteous, and let's face it, who doesn't? <laughs> And we start making up the rules for everybody else. Funny how they don't apply to us. But anyway, and we, and we generate a law, or we take God's law, favorite of Christians, which we apply to everybody else. Not quite consistently, but there we go. Um, 
percentage chance that that will save us? Zero. Who decides that? We decide that. This is what Paul says. He says their consciences sometimes justifying them, sometimes condemning them. What did Jesus say? Remember that famous verse? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have ever life, everlasting life because the Son did not come into the world. Do you remember the rest of it? To condemn the world because the world was condemned already. Do you remember those verses? Who condemned the world? God? Think, think it through? No. You. Me. We are made up of communal condemnation. Who has brought destruction on me? Me. Who went against his conscience? Me. Who, knowing the law of God, because I was brought up in the brethren, trust me, I know a lot of it, who chose then to break it? Me. Who condemns me? Me. Think about this. The law says you, you, you must not steal. So you steal and go to court and end up being fined or going to prison. Is that the judge's fault? Whose fault is that? God is a just judge. His job is to be a judge. Condemnation, condemnation is our choice. Not following God's laws, that's our choice. Not obeying Jesus, that's our choice. The inevitable outcome. Now, two things here, just to look at. Which is more important? The outcome or the journey? The journey. Thank you, Tony. The journey is more important than the outcome. If the outcome is death and destruction or life eternal, which is more important? The outcome or the journey? The outcome. Here's a question. Human beings, we know this about motivational theory, works like this. We will always go after what we want unless it goes through what we want to avoid. Human beings will, by nature, always try to avoid what they don't want, which means, yes, you're correct, we will take the easiest, but in the end, most complicated, least likely ever to do as any good whatsoever solution, <laughs> over and over and over and over again, rather than take the really hurtful, painful, difficult, but actually likely to get us somewhere solution instead. I know I'm the only one who can relate to that statement, and nobody else here has ever done that. But it's the truth. The trouble with the Jesus route is this. The journey has trouble, trouble that we might want to avoid. What the Bible tells us is that the other road, we think we are avoiding trouble. And we constantly choose to avoid and avoid and avoid and avoid, and in fact end up with the very thing that we're trying to avoid. Does that make sense? Christians fall into this trap. 
where we keep trying to make the Christian life easy. We keep trying to make choices which aren't going to get us anywhere, but we still make them. That's a challenge. But God is a judge. So, here's the simple, straightforward principle that, that Paul is trying to tell us, and it's this. Look ahead at your choices. And anybody with half a brain knows where it's going to end up. God is not sneaking up on us and giving us outcomes where we can go, nobody told me. We already know. Even people who've never heard of God know by their consciences where it is going. So if you're taking simple, easy, comfort-based, no chance of actually getting you anywhere solutions right now, take a breath. Look where it's going. Maybe take the harder, slightly more painful, but more likely to get you somewhere choice because that'll be an improvement. And in the long term, we have to understand that death and destruction is not God's fault. Death and destruction is the world's choice. And life, and life eternal, is God's gift in His mercy. And whether we get it or not is our choice. It's all down to our choice. You choose. You get what you choose. That's fair, isn't it? Do you know why it's fair? Because God is a just God. Interesting, isn't it? So here's my challenge today. What path are you on? Look down the track that you're on right now. Look down it. Look at it now. Two things. If you are able in all reality to see that it's not quite taking you in the direction that's going to be healthy for you to go, today is a good chance to deal with that and maybe swap track a little. Jesus will enable you to do that. If, on the other hand, the track that you're on is the right track, but it is taking you to some scary and difficult places, and the temptation is to look for the somewhat more comfortable but no chance of actually getting you anywhere type of solution, perhaps steal yourself, get some prayer, ask God to give you boldness in Jesus. Remember, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and do the difficult but actually likely to get you somewhere thing as we move on the road to life. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to recognize that you are the root out of our correct and justifiable destruction. That we recognize, God, that you do not condemn us, we condemn ourselves. As, the, as it says in the Anglican liturgy, by our own deliberate fault. Lord, we recognize that you have given us a free gift through grace that Jesus will remove sin from the evidence against me and that I can receive freedom, real life, eternal. And it's open to everyone. I'm in no position to judge others because I know me. Rescue me from judging, Lord. Let it be you that's the judge, because you're just and you're fair. Help me to look through the Holy Spirit's eyes 
uh, the track my life is now on, the decisions I'm now making, the things that I am looking to put in my life, and the things that I am trying to avoid, and help me to make choices which are wise and which lead to life and which enable me to follow and obey Jesus in a way which allows my outcome to be fully in Him. In Jesus' name, amen.